Hi, gorgeous. This is episode number 49. Hi, this is Lisa Woodruff. You're listening to Heart Cells Podcast with Christine Schlonsky. Enjoy. I am so excited to welcome Lisa Woodruff back to the show. I had so much fun in the first interview with her. And it was really interesting to learn her story and how tidying up is really helping you to, you know, make more profits, create that space for more clients um, to come in for more amazing things in your life than when your um, environment is cluttered. So I am really looking forward to um, find out more. I also want to invite you before we dive in to hop on over to christineschlonsky.com and to sign up for the empowerment notes. That is my weekly newsletter where I give you an update on all the podcast episodes of the week as well as giving you amazing content that is empowering to help you to get to your next level in your business. So hop on over to christineschlonsky.com, sign up for the empowerment notes and also find all the podcast episodes over there. So have some fun with the show notes, the transcript, the amazing resources we are talking about, all the social media links to the experts. It's only one click away. Let's dive into Lisa's little bio so you know um, where she is coming from. Lisa is a founder of Organize 365. I already think that gives us a clue. She is a creator of the 100-day home organization program, the Sunday Basket Workshop, and the Sun Sunday Basket Workshop Paper Organization Certification Program. She's also a best-selling author with the book, The Mindset of Organization, Take Back Your House One Face at a Time, and how a DHD affects home organization. Lisa shares her belief that organization is not a skill that you are born with. It is a skill that can be developed over time and changes with each season of life. Lisa has helped thousands of women reclaim their homes and finally get organized with her focus on functional organizing, encouragement and humor through her weekly podcast, Organize 365. I'm so excited that Lisa is back. Welcome to the show. Well, I am so excited to have you back on, Lisa. Welcome back to Heart Sales Podcast. Thank you. I'm having a blast. Yes, this is so amazing. I loved our last interview. Um, and we finished off with the idea that by kind of letting go of things, by forgiving yourself for maybe making the wrong purchase decision, for bringing things into your house that then are not needed anymore, um, letting go of this and really cleaning, cleaning out, decluttering, creating yeah. a new space, a new energy and make space for things that you value more, like you know, mm -hmm. putting it into family time or your business. Um, so can we touch a little bit on this energy thing? Um, also in regards to sales and to yep. the leads, because I know that if sales doesn't feel good 
to you, then mm-hmm. this is probably something you avoid um, to make these offers to to invite people to buy from you. Um, and it kind of goes all together in this energy ball of like chaos. <laughs> yes. So what have you experienced and, and what advice could you give to, um, to the entrepreneurs to kind of get it in the right way? So yeah, about sales in general, uh, we're all in the business of sales. If you're a parent, you know that <laughs> like parenting is sales FYI. So, um, and teaching is sales. You got to convince that middle school boy that algebra really is going to be for his benefit <laughs> to get these pages done. Like, we're all in sales, um, but people don't like to hear that they're in sales. And the reason I really think that you feel, if you're thinking that way, that you're not in sales is because you feel like whatever you're offering, or at least I'll just speak for myself. I know in the past, like I mentioned my 100-day home organization program the other in the other episode. It's a $500 program. Now, I know that not everyone can afford that program, but I know everyone who has invested in it has done it. We've literally had zero returns of over a thousand people in the program. No one's ever returned it. Because when people say, is there a return policy? Is there this? I say, no. And if you're hesitant to buy it, don't buy it. Like if flat out say, don't buy it. Because I'm so confident that I know my program will work and it's a lifetime membership. And I have so much other stuff that I offer you that is free. Like I have a free podcast. I have all these other free things. So if you're, if you're worried that what you're selling, that you're feeling salesy, well, if you also offer a piece of that free or um, at a lower reduced rate, then if they can't afford the thing that is priced correctly, then they, can, they could take advantage of the free thing. Or maybe they're not ready for what you're providing. But you need to really be thinking about who you're meant to serve. Like, who is your target audience? Who are your most successful clients or customers, whether it's a service or a product? Think of your top three clients that you've ever had who were a pleasure to work with, who enjoyed paying you the money, who paid on time and paid what you were worth and maybe even sent you a thank you note. And when you left that relationship, you felt like it was a win-win, a win for you and a win for them. Think about those relationships. What was best about that versus maybe another client? And you just have to realize that your product and service is not for everyone. It's for the people that you're uniquely created to serve. And for the people you are uniquely created to serve, by not selling what you are gifted to create, you're actually doing them a disservice. So you may not have 3,000 clients. You may have three clients. But those three clients, you may provide the very best service. So Really, sales is a confidence thing. A confidence thing on your part really doesn't have much to do with the product or service that you're providing. It's knowing that you are providing the right service for the right price for the right target customer that you have. And that's internal work. Totally. It comes down to clarity. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It comes Mm -hmm. down to decluttering your mind. Yeah. It just, you know, we undervalue what we're most gifted at. As a professional organizer, I couldn't believe people would pay me to organize their house. Are you kidding? Like, I'll do that for free. When I was a kid babysitting, you're going to pay me to watch your kids. I get to pretend that I'm that this is my house and these are my kids and I'm in. Like, if you feel um, it's so much joy for you that you would do it without earning money, that's your unique gifting. And that provides so much value for the end user that it is worth money. You are giving them peace of mind. You are, you're freeing them up for what is next for them to go out and live their best life. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I love that. And and that's what makes it so difficult because people want to do it mm -hmm. for free. So mm -hmm. they're so excited about it that they, you know, jump on every possibility, opportunity to, to serve. But it's really important to have that mindset that it is an energy exchange. And so, I could tell you when my mindset shifted on this. It was very recently, actually. I'd love to know. Um, someone said to me, I was going out and doing something else free. I was creating some whole program for someone who couldn't afford the program that I had and I was creating it from scratch. And they said to me, and I don't remember who it was, they said, you are going to go spend 15 hours on this thing to give it to people who can't afford the program that you have already created. Where is that 15 hours coming from? And I was like, oh, well, I'll just do it at night. She said, yeah, your husband and your kids. So you are willing to take the extra time to create this for free or do that extra coaching call or give them this extra something, but that time is going away from your husband and your kids. And bottom line is um, any service that you're providing, someone else could provide it for someone else, but no one can be a spouse and no one can be a parent. So if you are sacrificing your time with your children and your spouse in order to give something free to someone who doesn't want to pay what you're worth, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I, w I would add like also the <clears throat> time you have with you, the time you take good care of yourself. Oh yeah, but we don't, we don't qualify right. that. <laughs> yeah, well, we have to, we have to include that. Because right? I love giving like, so it, yeah. it's okay for me to give my time, but I literally was giving away my husband's time. That's what I was giving away. Wow. And he was never going to say anything about it. Yeah. And we could justify it, especially as entrepreneurs. We're working. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So get that one. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's, that's such an interesting story. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm so sure that so many people can relate. Yeah. So stop giving away the time of the people you love most. Get your priorities right. Yeah. And, and create something yeah. great that's free. I mean, my yeah. podcast is free. Some people say like, everything you have is paid. I'm like, dude, there's like over 200 hours of free podcast. Plus there's a bunch of other stuff that's free as well. But I mean, if you have something that's good, that's free, that then you can go back and say, oh no, that, you know, go start at podcast number one. You have free yeah. offerings out there that are high quality. Oh, I, I think everybody has. Everybody. Yeah. You just don't value them. Yeah. Because it comes, you know, it's so natural to just right. do it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but I have that often that people say, well, this just totally changed my mindset or this has changed my life. And, you know, it was just the one thing I put out for free. And there is transformation in the transaction. It's true. Like you could give out so much stuff free and you wonder why people aren't getting the results when they put money behind what they want to do, they, they treat it differently. They bring a different energy to it. They prioritize it. So by you taking away the fact that they need to give money as part of the transaction, they miss out on some of the transformation they can achieve with yeah. your product or service. Yeah. And I, I mean, if we have a look at ourselves, we, we can see that, that when mm -hmm. we get stuff for free, how we value it. And sometimes right. we don't show up the way like when we paid five figures, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It, is, it yes. is a different game. Especially five figures. Especially. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love that. So, I mean, you, you seem so confident. Has it always been this way? 
I've always been a confident person, but not in charging what I'm worth. And um, it, you want everybody to like you, right? Like I'm always afraid people aren't going to like me or it's not going to work. But I have put seven full-time years and now I have employees on my team and I have a warehouse and we have physical products and I've invested a lot of our savings into this business. And I know with, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that my programs and services work. Like if you want to get your home and paper organized, you are going to do it in one year with my products if you buy into the program. Like I just, it just flat out works. So because it works and the testimonials that I get from my audience, like every day we get so many, like how this has changed their lives, that adds to your confidence. As you, yeah. as the snowball starts to grow and you become profitable and people start telling you how your product has literally changed their lives, then you stand in the confidence that they have given you from their transformation. Their transformation with your product gives you confidence. Yeah, 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 de mm -hmm. definitely. So if a person is still a little bit afraid of sales, I mean, they get the idea yep. that they always sell, but still, you know, going out and asking for money can be such mm. a big task. Yeah. And now you are saying, well, you know, confidence comes from all these amazing testimonials well, maybe I don't create enough testimonials yet. Right. So how can I start on that journey with the confidence and, you know, going out for great customers and testimonials if I'm not feeling confident? Mm -hmm. I think you need to start where you are. I think you need to start with one. So if you're not running a service business, like if you only have a product, this is harder. And and what I've observed lately with most successful entrepreneurs that are now hitting six, seven, and eight figures in their businesses, if you trace them all the way back to their roots, start, start watching and tracing them all the way back. They started your run with a service business. And it's the service business part of whatever your online program or product or anything is going to come out with, um, which is where they got all of their knowledge and expertise. So I started as an in-home physical professional organizer. I've organized hundreds of women in Cincinnati. So I understand what a house looks like with a 20-year-old mom, a 40-year-old single woman, a 60-year-old grandmother. Like I've been in all of these homes. So when I write my emails or I talk on my podcast, literally my audience will say, it's like you have hidden cameras in my house. How do you know? Like on December 26th, the podcast like, so ready to take Christmas decorations down, but nobody wants you to. They're like, how do you know this stuff? How do, you, how do you know exactly what I'm thinking every day when I wake up? Because I have studied the female American homeowner, like for seven years nonstop. Like I have researched her to know, I know her better than she knows herself. If you know your client better than they know themselves, then you can use their language in your sales. And it all starts with building a relationship. Like I wouldn't say, hi, Christine, how are you? You want a work box? She'd be like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Could you please go away? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I've gotten to know you guys on the podcast. And you're like, oh, she's kind of interesting. Like she's not even a business podcaster, but I like her ideas. That kind of makes sense. Maybe she can relate that to her house. I'll go listen to her podcast. You'll listen to my podcast for a couple of months. And then you might say, all right, she's talking about this Sunday basket 1,800 times. It's $97. I'll try it and see if it works. Oh, that worked. Maybe the, you're not going to get a work box for six months. Six months from now, you're going to be like, dang, I wish I would have bought it when she, when she was on Christine's podcast. I'd be further ahead. But it's, it's relationships. Like you're building real relationships with people. How are you building a real relationship with your audience? Are you on Insta stories? Are you on a podcast? Do you have a lead magnet for a newsletter? Um, email follow-up funnel? Pick one of those 
and then put all of your effort in that for 30 days. How can you make it better? How can you make it the best? How can you market it to the right people? And really start the conversational relationship. They'll tell you what they want. And then when you create it, they will buy it. Mm. It's all about the relationship, not the product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally, I, I totally understand um, and I love the idea about putting the effort for 30 days to make mm-hmm. it better, to, to, to make it, well, I don't really believe in perfect, but you know, as good as you can. <laughs> Done is better than perfect. Progress yeah. over perfection. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because that can hold you back uh, big time. Um, so as long as it works and it's about the relationship, it's about mm-hmm. having a communication to understand the other person. And I think if, they feel that you really care. Yes. That you are authentic, you know, that you show up and not everything in your life is perfect. So they can actually relate. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, that makes a big difference. And start with, you know, like let's say you're going to do webinars. So I do webinars in my business and I call them master classes. And you know, the rule of webinars is don't ever tell them there's going to be a replay because you want them to be on there live, right? Because you're selling something. Well, my target market is homeowners. A lot of them have corporate jobs. They're in direct sales. They have, I mean, they've been on a webinar before, but they don't run webinars. They don't know the marketing behind webinars. And you know what they're thinking? I'm not available Tuesday at two o'clock. Is there going to be a replay? I mean, the amount of emails we get, is there going to be a replay? You know what we do now? On the registration page, I say, there's going to be a replay. That is like a big no-no in the online marketing space. But for my audience, they're like, oh, good. Bing, sign up. Whereas they don't want to take a space from somebody else who's going to be live because they're working at that time. They won't take a space. You need to understand your audience. So Mm. learn from online marketing, but then realize that the majority of people who are going to work with you are not online marketers. They don't realize, they don't understand how Insta stories work and they're going to go away after 24 hours. They don't have 5,000 people they're following on Instagram. So you have to make it to the top of their feed. They're following four people. You're at the top of their feed. Stop worrying about that. You know, like think about your target audience. If you're, if you're targeting online business owners, you got to be super ninja about all that. If you're targeting homeowners or whatever, something else, think about how your target market is consuming an email delivery, a webinar, um, your social media. They're probably seeing more than you think if they're not in the online marketing space. Yeah, yeah, I so agree. I I think it's all about learning about that perfect customer. Yep. And also understanding that this perfect customer might have a lot of you in them. Yes, yes. I think that that was something that really, it took me a long time to understand um, because I was always looking like for the perfect customer and then you, you know, you get taught like, you know, create this avatar and what can you come up with? And all of a sudden, like after years, it kind of clicked. I was like, huh, maybe that's me like five years or 10 years ago. Exactly. You removed. Yes. Yes. And you don't need a hundred thousand people. Like I have a thousand people in my program and I've got 10 employees. I mean, you don't need thousands and thousands of people. You really don't. You don't, yeah. You just need you just need the focus, and therefore I love the idea of pick something, mm-hmm. go really, really for it for thirty days, mm-hmm. like make it as good as you can, mm-hmm. um, get the right, get in front of the right people, right? Get your leads, mm-hmm. um, and make sure you have that communication. Just yes. Wonderful. 
So, well, you started out in, as a teacher and in direct. Yeah, we're way, we're way past where we started, Christine. Yeah. We're like over in business land. I don't even have a business podcast. I told you I'll talk to you about anything. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I love it. I, I just love it. Um, so can you share with us what you do if things don't go the way you hope? Like, what do you do for harmony in your life? I mean, it seems like you get up in the morning, you do your two routines, you don't need to rest, you kind of <laughs> do the whole day, you drop to bed, you sleep seven to eight hours, and then I you do. go again, right? <laughs> yeah. So what, is there anything you do, like, when things don't go the way you want them to, um, to, to get mm. harmony and balance in your life? Like, how do you deal with challenges? Yeah. So I'm 47. I think that's important because if you're listening to this and you're 27, I mean, I, I've just lived longer. <laughs> it's not like I know more. I've just lived longer. I started my business when I was 40. I think that's important too. So the 40th year for a woman is a huge life-changing year. I mean, if you haven't been there yet, do not worry about it. It is awesome. It is so great. And I hear 50s better. So I, I'm all for it. So I've grown my business in my 40s. My kids were school age when I started, middle school age when I started, so I didn't start with little babies. Um, but I would say that this whole growing of Organized 365 for me has been the transition from mentally being a stay-at-home mom to being a corporate business owner, which has been huge. It's mm. been a huge mental mindset shift. It had nothing to do with my kids or my children or where I live or even the business. It's all been internal work that I have been doing. And if I had to pinpoint one thing, I would think it would be moving from living a reactionary life to a proactive life. Everything in my life is my choice. And even when I started this, I was overwhelmed, in debt, had just quit my job, the whole family was falling apart, but I drew a line in the sand on January 1st of 2012 and I said from here on out, it may not go right, but it is all going to be under my control. One thing my sister and I now always say to each other, which I can't remember where I heard this either, is um, even when bad things are happening, we just say, everything happens for me. Everything happens for me. So it may not seem like it's happening for you right now, but it is happening for you in the future. And I also used to look at every obstacle and, and problem that came up in my business as something that was trying to hold me back or something I had to hire someone to fix for me. And now I look at all of those as building my entrepreneurial business muscles and that I had to go through those roadblocks and problems and situations so I'd be prepared for the bigger ones that were coming later. And I'm really just growing my business muscles. Everything happens for me. I'm in control of my thoughts. I'm in control of my life. And I can, you know, I could proactively choose what I want to do. And, and the biggest one happened a couple of years ago when I started to realize that emotions are thoughts. Like you can literally, no, I'm not saying if someone passes away, you're not going to be sad. Obviously you are. But there are, there are a lot of times where I could have gone either way with my emotions. And when I was younger, I created a lot of drama. And now I don't. So my kids are so funny. If they come in and they're like not feeling good, I always go, you're fine, you're fine. I always say, you're fine, you're fine. So <laughs> my husband was sick the other day and my daughter comes in. She's eight, 17 and she says, uh, does he have a fever? I said, no. She goes, he's fine. And she walked away. And I was like, yeah, like you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. Or the other thing we always say is, what's the worst that can happen? And my family members have a lot of anxiety. And I just started saying, what's the worst that can happen? And then they start telling me, I was like, 
and, and, and they get out all the worst case scenarios and then they go do whatever it is. I said, did any of that happen? No. And so now I hear them saying, all of them, what's the worst that can happen? You're fine. What's the worst that can happen? Now, of course, there's sometimes when you're not going to be fine, but those are few and far between. Like we make up so much stuff where we actually are fine and the worst that we think is never going to happen. So save the drama for when it actually, you're not fine and there is something that you need to be worried about. Yeah, I, I love that um, the active instead of reactive. Yes. Um, I always say like, follow your heart. Which, yes. You know, the active part because you make the decision. What feels good in this moment? What yep. is the right decision for you right now? Like being mm -hmm. present. And I think that's very um, difficult to, to start that journey because we're so conditioned to always right. worry or we have people in our lives that always worry and that tell us the news and that make sure that we are informed about the latest trends. Oh my goodness. Um, which is, it's not going to help, right? So, But also, not only is our family influencing that, we have so much on our plate, we can't possibly get it done. So we can't stop long enough to breathe or think or shift into proactivity. Shifting yeah. into proactivity means you're literally going to stop, balls are going to fall, and things are going to fall apart because it takes time, a solid maybe couple weeks for you to turn this ship around to be proactive. And, and it takes time to start going in the other direction, but that's when you start making true progress. So to finish off this episode, what kind of advice would you give from your experience if somebody has never attempted to be proactive? Proactive, yeah. Where to start. Mm -hmm. So I would say my Sunday basket is when people learn to be proactive with their paper. So I have this Sunday basket program. It's $97. It's this box with these different folders, and I teach you how to use them. And it moves from going through your mail when you get it or putting it on the kitchen counter or putting it anywhere in your house and all these different things that you have to do and your receipts you have to file into one box and you go through it on Sunday. And yeah, it takes 90 minutes, sometimes three hours to go through it on Sunday. But after six weeks of doing this, you stop reacting to paper and requests as they come in through the week. So if you have kids that need to have a special treat next week at school, you literally write that on a note and drop it in the Sunday basket. All the mail, right in the Sunday basket. Receipts from everything you've purchased, right in the Sunday basket. The batteries that need to be fixed on something, you drop the whole thing in the Sunday basket. Everything that can wait until Sunday, waits until Sunday. And then on Sunday, you set aside this large chunk of time to process through all of that and plan your next week. And as you build that muscle of deferring things to Sunday, it will help you plan the next week. Because we're so used to when our spouse, our kids, an email comes in replying right away because we're afraid we will forget to do it. So you have to retrain your brain to wait until Sunday and then you go through everything on Sunday. Now, this does not work. I repeat, this does not work if you create a box and label it Sunday and put things in there and don't go through it on Sunday because the only question you asked yourself was, can it wait until Sunday? If it can wait until Sunday, it goes in the box only if you'll go through it on Sunday. I love that advice. Wonderful. Well, thank you so, so much, Lisa, for sharing all this knowledge um, with us. And yeah, I just loved it. Thank you. Thank you. I have to say, I just loved this episode. Lisa is so much fun. And I mean, the energy this woman has is amazing. How would your life be if you were organized? How would your life be if you knew exactly that each thing 
thing in your environment has a meaning, has a place, and there's also enough space for having that energy level. I really, really hope you enjoyed the show and make sure you hop on over to christineschlansky.com and check out the show notes, have a look at the transcript and at the amazing resources we have mentioned and also all the social links to connect to Lisa are on that page. So it's just one click away. Thank you so much for listening in. Have a wonderful day wherever you are in this beautiful world. Bye for now.